so far. Down the back straight away. The crowd explodes. McGregor takes the lead. Oh, baby. for Dirt Lee Buttergreen for the seventh time in his Hall of Fame career. The people's devil, and he's upside down in a big way. From the 47th World 100, Jonathan Davenport. Take me on country roads, Josh Richards wins. Now join Michael Rigsby from the Dirt on Dirt studio for Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. Turn had never believed, heard this song, believe it or not, people. Michael Reiners had never heard Midnight Train to Georgia when we were going through our read-through today. Turn, how is that even possible? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure either. Shame on your parents for not having you heard this. If it was up to me, I would have the Dirt on Dirt van packed tonight, and we would start our Midnight Train to Georgia heading south as soon as this show was over. You know, it's hard to believe in the midst of Gateway and the holidays in Arizona and everything else that we have done in the past month and a half that I'm not a little bit burnt out. But that is not the case. I am so ready and excited for Georgia and Florida Speed Weeks that I can literally taste it. And luckily, we do not have to wait long. This week, 16 straight nights of racing start in the great state of Georgia. Ooh, the midnight train to Georgia. Turn, how's my singing? Uh, I mean, you know. A little rough around the edges. That's, that's, that's all I'm We head to what I am referring to, and I mean this, the most interesting speed weeks in the history of DirtOnDirt.com. Now, hear me out on this. I think that we head to Gold Niles and East Bay and Volusia and everywhere in between with more interesting stuff, more to take notice of, and more eye-catching things than we have ever had in the last decade since DirtOnDirt.com has been around. It's not hyperbole. That's not me saying that. Just so you tune in for the next three weeks, I truly feel that in my guts and in my bones that there is so much cool sh happening right now in our sport, and it really starts to come alive this week. Kevin Kovac called Arizona the spring training of late model racing, and he's right. So if that's spring training, that makes the Speed Week season opener Friday the lid lifter for the year, if you will. And for the 11th year in a row, 11 Everything you want to know about Speed Weeks, every piece of news, video highlights, all of it, we will have it all. Every single night of Speed Weeks, Golden Isles, North Florida, East Bay, Bubba, Screv, and Volusia, we've got it all. Heat race highlights, feature highlights, interviews with the top 10 every night, 
Shelton Sidebites, Ben Shelton with the Lesser Known Drivers, live updates from our writing staff, photos, and get this turn. This year I'm excited about this. For the first time ever, video diaries as we follow Lucas Oil's defending champion Josh Richards and Tyler Nevins and Randall Edwards and his crew as they'll be filming some of their own stuff every night and five or six times during speed weeks we will have a video diary of uh, the Josh Richards team so I'm excited about that the bottom line is if you're thinking to yourself I'd like to know what's going on down south there is only one place to be, and that's right here at DirtOnDirt.com. And don't forget also, for the sixth year in a row, throw it up there, turn Volusia, and all six nights of the Dirt Car Nationals can be seen live here at DOD as well. Order your video now in the upper right-hand corner of the website is the Speed Week's capper with all of its Daytona flair and so much more can be seen live with our multi-camera production and partnership with Dernvision. Turn, look at me. Look at me right now, turn. On the midnight train to oh Georgia. My. Turn, give me one, give me one bar, one bar. I, Say, I don't know. On the, did you can do it? On the midnight train to Georgia. Give me one bar. Turn. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, come can. on. <laughs> All right, forget it. I am fired up, and that is genuine. I am really freaking excited for Speed Weeks. This is Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live for Tuesday, January thirtieth. It'll be one of our longer, more in-depth shows of the entire season as we go over Speed Weeks with that fine-tooth comb. Our own Todd Turner is going to join us to preview the next three weeks shortly. We've got a driver from each one of those major touring series. As that is a storyline in and of itself this year. The rosters for these tours will take a finalized look at those. I'll share with you some of my favorite Speed Weeks memories. In my time covering Georgia and Florida the last decade, we've got recaps from down under in Australia as well. Turn, play the audio clip, the drop. I want to hear it all night long. These Australian announcers are awesome. Just play the drop. And what's the other one? Whoa! Hit it again. Play it a few times. Whoa! 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 <laughs> We're going to talk more about those Australian announcers. Those dudes are awesome, and I absolutely love them. We're going to take callers and get ready now. I want to know what you, the race fan, two things. I want to know who's going to surprise us at Speed Weeks, and who do you think is going to disappoint us at Speed Weeks? We'll hear from callers and tweeters about that. Got a lot of show to get to, though. Let's get rolling. Five things. <laughs> I like it one more time. Number one on five things. Nowhere else for me to start, but with what is interesting to me personally for Speed Weeks, here is my what Michael Rigsby is interested in list heading into the next three weeks. First and foremost, that Lucas Oil Series. James Essex said two years ago that he thought their roster was the best in touring series history. If he thought that one was good, this one is better. But what do I know? I mean, what I want to know, I guess I should say, is who gets down in the dumps? And by that, I mean, somebody's got to run 10th or 11th every night. It's just how racing works. So I want to keep an eye on that at Gold Miles. The bunch is so stacked. I want to know who, quote unquote, struggles. Who's it going to be? I'm not trying to be negative. This is a good problem for Rick Schwally to have. But coming out of Gold Miles and East Bay and Bubba's, I want to know who's buried in points and thinking, wow, with this group, this is an uphill climb. On the series flip side, the Outlaws made a major talent upgrade to their roster. But is any of it going to matter? Can anybody challenge what one driver called the best team in late model history, the Rocket House, Court, Rocket House Car team, or are we all just chasing our tails again? I want to know this. Can that guy, can Brandon Overton and Randy Weaver, are they up to the challenge? Can Mike Marler ride a good Arizona in 2017 into a challenging spot? Can Chris Madden do it? 
Will Shane Clanton rebound? Is anybody up to the challenge of the blue one car? That roster is also stacked. Who's it going to be? I want to know who it's going to be. Now rapid fire. Somebody told me that this JD team is a dream team. they got the car owner. they got the driver. they got the engineer. they got the crew chief. How good can Davenport be, though? I want to know if this is, in fact, a dream team. How about Bobby Pierce pictured here? How long will he take to get used to that rocket car and the Dunn Benson team? Will he struggle at tracks he's not normally good at? How about Scott Bloomquist? It's rare we're not talking about him, but nobody really is. Josh won the national title last year. All these new guys are on tour. Remember, Scott shows up to Gold Miles late a lot the past few years. Does he come out of the gate strong? How about Hudson O'Neill? Does he take a year two leap, or is there a sophomore slump? How many speed weeks walls, look at him, does that guy Kyle Bronson knock down on his quest for the Lucas Oil rookie title over the next couple weeks? And how about Chris Ferguson? Does he take that next leap that his career has been waiting on to become a national threat every time he unloads? And call it a hunch, but I think Jimmy Owens is about to have a hell of a season I'm going to talk to him later in the show, but I think that's a guy that not wins one, but two Speed Weeks races. The list could go on and on. We'll cover Speed Weeks more during the show. Number two on five things. One thing I always say about Speed Weeks is that when there's literally no other racing going on in America, that things happen in February, they just matter more, like this Bloomquist-Shepard moment from Ocala last year. So I wanted to go through some of my favorite Speed Weeks memories of the past decade. Let's start with the Austin Hubbard collection turn. How about this? Eight years ago already, Hubbard holds off Bloomquist at Gold Miles and goes Ricky Bobby in victory lane. That was the night he introduced himself to the national scene. Two years later at East Bay, day show in a heat race, and it's Hubbard and Bloomquist again. This time, listen to this Chris Steppen call. Here comes Hubbard to throw the slider into Woodfuss. Ooh, the slider is right. He and Bloomquist whacked each other, and Bloomquist going to spin the zero. Scott Bloomquist and Austin Hubbard together, and the zero is not a happy guy. Hubbard tagged the zero. It was only a heat, but I will never forget that moment. Let's stick to East Bay. 2009, a hell of a year. Dennis Herb Jr. drives around Bloomquist and Moyer in the feature to win $12,000 in the finale. And earlier that week, Josh Richards became the first driver in late model history, you see him here in the Ernie Davis car, to win three major events in 24 hours. But what that year will ultimately be remembered for is a different Richards moment. He and Terry Casey made contact a few times that week, and Casey had had enough after that on Saturday night. Terry retaliated on the front stretch. Wham! You could hear the crowd. It was a wild night. I will never forget that moment. A couple of Golden Isles notes. That place will always be sentimental for me. It was the first Speed Weeks racetrack that we covered in 2008. Frankie Lloyd goes 10 races in 10 nights for 10 grand each. It was unheard of. We only got seven in, but it will never be forgotten. And how about the last big win of Randall Chupp's career? 2009 again. What a neat year. From first to last in the feature, all of this frozen in Speed Week's lore. I felt like early in the week I knew I could win any event during the week if I just executed properly. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it's never never happy to run over somebody, but uh, apparently they think that they can run me all over the track. And I mean, I'm just not going to put up with it, you know. We all paid the same money to come through this gate and race. So um, it's a shame that I had to be like that, but hopefully, you know, Next time we can race clean. People don't travel down here all this way to uh, put up with that kind of stuff. You know, um, I don't think Josh intentionally, you know, 
did it, but I got back by him. It was clean. There was nothing there. I didn't touch him to get by him. And then he comes up and wails me. And, uh, you know, I got to go to the back. It's a crock. It's a crock turn. I think we'll have another one of those all-time memories this year. It's just shaping up that way. Number three, off-track news. Should a driver during a World of Outlaws or UMP Speed Weeks event be caught with tires that don't meet a benchmark, they can now, get this, take a lie detector test if they feel they're innocent of the allegations. World Racing Group announced last week that drivers facing tire penalties can take a lie detector test along with the crew chief and tire prep person for that team. The car owner is, however, responsible for paying for the test. WRG COO Tom Deary did stress, though, that this doesn't overturn the failed test, but will be taken into consideration during the appeal process and could possibly reduce any suspension if the appellate board would okay it. That's all up to the appeal process and does not overturn the failed test. Guys across the board, though, particularly those that have been through the tire stuff, like Greg Satterley has, agree this needed to happen. Well, at the time, uh, you know, that we were charged with that, uh, this was not an option. It was something that we we suggested that we would like to do to try to prove, you know, that we were innocent or, you know, did not violate their rules. But um, I guess I do like seeing that they are offering that to, you know, give the competitor some way to defend themselves, um, you know, as far as evidence goes and stuff to to look back, you know, on your the way you handled your tires or whether you how you prepped them you know there's no way to prove really that you've not done anything so at least if you can your word is maybe as good as as good as, as good as anything but hopefully this will be a step in the right direction for you know when there is something that comes up you know a, a failed tire test that the competitors are able to defend themselves with something and I guess this is a a step in the right direction. The first race this takes effect is Sunday at North Florida for 5,000 to win. Here's to hoping, turny turn, we never have to hear about a single lie detector test ever. Number four, more news from last week. The Gateway Dirt Nationals just got a little bit bigger. The third year of the indoor event will bring midgets into the fold as the open wheel bunch will race for $10,000 in an invite only 40 car show during what is now late November, early December 2018. Now, part of this also, the modifieds are also only a 40 car invite as well. Don't worry, late model folks. We still get our 150. I mean, we are racing for 30 grand after all. But I did want to reach out to the guy that tested there for the first time, Landon Simon, back in December, and ask him what he thinks about being part of this huge event. No, I'm extremely excited. I mean, obviously, you know, I've, I've kept track of a lot of the stuff that Cody's done, uh, you know, since uh, with the events he had at Mansfield for, for our sprint car um, guys, and seeing what he was doing there was was awesome. I mean, uh, you know, I'm buddies with uh, Kent Robinson, some late model guys, and, if, you know, talked to them throughout the past couple of years about how the, the event went. And, uh, you know, when Cody approached me and had any interest in, in doing open wheel stuff in there, I was really excited. And then obviously getting to go there and experience it. I mean, that place is, is unbelievable. I've been to a lot of the crown jewels and dirt track racing, and I don't think anything compares to what, what that event is. The real question, Landon, is also, will there be late models that weekend? What do we got to do to get Landon Simon in a late model that weekend? I got to ask a late model question. How likely is it? Can we make it happen? Oh, I would absolutely love to. I, I joke with Ken all the time that we need to go rent Bloomington sometime and, uh, and switch rides for a day. I, I think it'd be pretty awesome. I and mean, there's a lot of guys now that are kind of going back and forth. Hudson O'Neill's at the Chili Bowl this year, and uh, he can do some sprint car stuff. So 
I always tell people that's my retirement plan is to go late model racing, but I w- I'd love to do it. Did you hear that, Sprint Car and Midget people? All Midget drivers are retiring and running late models. Turn, that's how I heard it. That's how I heard it. Finally, number five, I'm sure most of you noticed that for the first time ever, we had Australian content galore on the website as our own Web Dillard, who else, went down under. The USA invasion that wrapped up last weekend, four total races, two at the gorgeous Perth Motorplex, and then on to Cali and Albany. Jason Fitzgerald won the first night at Perth, but then Tyler Erb went on a rampage, winning the second night, and then a week later at Cali and the finale at Albany. And this race at Albany was unreal. Turbo actually had to stop after his motor died. No biggie, though. He rallied as he, Paul Stubber, Fitzgerald, and Ryan Finnick engage in what honestly is one of the best races I've ever seen. Not only is the racing awesome, but listen to the announcer, Morgan Melvin. I could literally listen to this all day long. Yelena, though, has got it all under attack because here comes Stubber. Stubber to the outside. A three-way better. They're side by side. New race leader, Paul Stummer. The Australians out in front. Down the back straight they go. Stummer looks to the middle between Ben Nicastri. Here comes a battle for the race leaders. Finney gets back into third place. Fitzgerald looking to the inside. Stummer jumps the cushion. Fitzgerald back to the race lead. Second is Herb. Nothing in it with the top three as well. Paul Stummer's gone. Meanwhile, two to go. And it's all Jason Fitzgerald and Tyler Herb. Slide job for Herb. Can he pull in front? Yes, he can. Up to the race lead. Back to second is Fitzgerald, who looks to the inside. Three for four won't be too bad for car number 10. I mean, turn just all day. <laughs> Tyler ends up winning his third straight in Australia and third of four overall. And he texts me. This is my favorite. He texts me afterwards. Hey, Rigsby, it's turbo down under after his thrilling win at Albany. Those last 15, 10 laps, man, that was... That was the hardest I've driven this year for sure. But, no, it was definitely – that was probably one of the most fun races I've ever been a part of. Uh, Stubber there, like I went three wide around Stubber. Stubber hit me. I hit the wall, still bit, got back by him, slid Ryan a couple times, slid Fitz for the lead. And I think once I finally got to lead and I was able to maintain, there's one lapper there with about two to go that really kind of gave me some issues. But, um, man, that was that was an awesome, awesome race. It wasn't the most desirable track, but they worked it there at intermission and – it just uh, sometimes it's not the best tracks to give you the best racing, and man, that was just uh, that was just a really really special night. I have been look at look at this by the way. Webb almost gets I mean my workman's comp policy here. Webb almost gets drilled. I've been trying to get to Australia for years, and after that I just might have to. I think Webb might be staying permanently though. Steve Francis used to tell me you win in Australia, it can springboard you to a good season. Let's see if it works for Turbo Turn. That was five things. I'm gonna play more Australian clips later in the show. I love our announcers stateside. But honestly, what is it, do you think, Turn? What is it about those guys? I could just literally, my wife said the same thing. She doesn't watch a lot of racing highlights, and she says, I could listen to that all day. What is it about that that I love so much? I don't know. Maybe the accent. I mean, well, they obviously have, they it's the great, accent, Turn, but, but why? I mean, why? I, I don't know. It's just a great accent to have. Can you know. play those drops again real quick? Can you just play them really quick for me? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Paul Stubber, of course, was here for the Summer Nationals. Stubber! I just love the way that they say it. I wish that Mike Orris, Mike Norris, and James Essex were Australian. That's what I've decided after this. Well, a lot of times I'll do a big setup for our pay attention segment, but I don't think we really need to rack it up too much this week. 16 straight nights of racing start this Friday as Speed Weeks 2018 is about to kick off. What else could we be paying attention to? Speed Weeks, let's preview. 
When you are paying attention to Speed Weeks, you have to listen to the words of the one and only, the chosen one, our chief editor who joins me now, Todd Turner on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline. Todd, I've rattled on and on about what I'm looking forward to or have my eye on, but give it to us. Give it to the fans, the drivers, the industry people, everybody that's watching right now. What do they need to be thinking about as we head into Speed Weeks Friday? Well, I think a lot of us are thinking about the, the positive aspect of, of all these teams that are going down there, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. But uh, the fact that uh, we have a speed weeks, and we don't have the numbers maybe the, of speed weeks past, but we certainly have a lot of teams that have invested a lot of money. Uh, the economy is roaring. We have uh, multiple extra new national touring teams planning on racing. Uh, that's good news, and, and really this is the time to embrace it and take it in here early in the season. Uh, you know, speed week is, is the time when it's, it's our spring time when everything, everyone has the hopes of a great season and, uh, and, and it's out there to be had. And, and we have lots of people that are going to go down to Georgia and Florida, uh, and shoot for that. And then that's just a positive thing for our, for our, our whole sport. We all know that every year, many guys, too many guys probably, say that they're going to run a national tour, and then obviously they all don't. But I think this year is the biggest illustration of that, particularly on the outlaw side with that extra tow money for 13th, 14th, and 15th. And I say it's, it's typical, but I will say this. For whatever reason, I think this year feels a little more like guys are going to stick with it, that they're going to run it, or at least for sure have in their minds or have convinced themselves that they're going to go the whole season on Lucas and on the Outlaws. So how do you assess that? All of this as we get ready to start this week, too much cockeyed optimism on the part of all these guys or work? I kind of am. I think it feels a little different. More guys are going to stick with it. I agree with you. It feels more genuine. Uh, and that kind of reminds me of a story I don't even know how many years ago this was. This is before Frankie Hackenass uh, actually ran the World of Outlaws. And, and, and me and you and some of the media guys remember they had like an early in the week thing at Belusia. And, and they were basically kind of like trying to trying to drum up some rookies. I mean, that's how kind of uh, you know slow it was back then. So they brought Frankie's guys in to interview them. Oh, what are, what's it going to be like coming for a rookie? Uh, and then the next day we look up and there's this hauler pulling out <laughs> the world of outlaws even starts. Um, we're, we're completely 180 degrees from that this year. But, uh, you know, I think Matt Curl's email box is just filled up with guys, uh, you know, asking about running the series. Uh, and plenty of uh, new guys on the world tour as well, considering that they have the top him coming back. Um, yeah, I agree, and I think that uh, for those guys, I think the, the main thing for all those guys, especially the ones that uh, are going to have uh, struggles facing this tough competition down there, is you've got to think big picture. If you genuinely want to run this national tour, you can't get down after the first night. Uh, you can't get an urgency about, oh, no, we missed a show, or, oh, no, this uh, we had a flat tire, or whatever it is. You, you really need to keep your eye on the big picture and keep the even keel uh, as we say, and, uh, and if that's the case, uh, I think we'll more guys uh, come out of Speed Weeks uh, hoping to continue their run uh, instead of uh, putting up, uh, giving up uh, early on. One of the things that I always loved about Speed Weeks was how it kind of captured our imagination, and by that I mean, you know, back in the racing paper days, and I know you're a veteran of that, Todd, it was almost like the racing was happening kind of 
on a different planet in a way. This faraway place of Florida, you really couldn't get easy results, but you all knew that the best drivers in the country were down in some place. Is that part of why, in your mind, the Speed Weeks took off in the beginning and has stuck on and become such a phenomena in a way, in late model racing at least? Yeah, I think for for the folks that went down to Florida for the first time and maybe had heard about it, uh, the, the, you're stuck in. I mean, you're, you're you got the weather, you got all these great races, you get to go all these new tracks, um, and, and like you said, the racing paper days. You know, there wasn't the the results didn't come out every week during the winter. Most of the racing papers went to like some kind of monthly uh, publications status or something, so you, you didn't hear anything. So. So to go down there and to like, it, it was almost like eye-opening to go down and see all these guys. And you have that thing where you get a mix of guys from around the country. I remember going to Putnam County 20-something years ago, and there's Leslie Effery and Steve Francis battling for the lead. And it's like, <laughs> where, where is this? You know, it's uh it's neat. Uh, it's neat to dirt lay my races embrace it. What clearly was, you know, the Daytona and Daytona 500 and all the activities at Daytona, but all these other forms of racing have latched onto it. And now here we are, you know, we've had 40 years of, of super late model stuff down there, and it's just a big thing every year. Non-national touring guy, and that counts the 17 on one and the 18 on another. You can't count them. Non-national touring guy that's going to have a good speed weeks, and you cannot say Dale McDowell. I'm limiting your pool because I know you love McDowell, and I know you're going to say McDowell, so you can't say him. I actually, I checked my notes. McDowell's the only guy not committed to a national tour that <laughs> I could be. Literally in so. the country, so. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it is. It, it definitely is a smaller list. I mean, when you when you when you take out some of those uh, some of those guys that decide to run a national tour, it's a smaller list. But I I picked out the guys that uh, that have shown well uh, in recent years at Speed Weeks. Now I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how they do. Uh, Brock Gillis down at uh, Dolan Isles really run run well there and really been in a couple of different kind of cars. But clearly he likes that racetrack. I think uh, he, he'd be one to look at. I think he's only only got Golden Isles and Scrabble on his schedule. So I don't know about having a complete big-time speed weeks, but he could have a couple of good runs. Uh, Mike Nebraska, the New York kid, uh, and I'm not saying this because Kevin loves the big block guys and the guys <laughs> there, but uh, – but Moreska, you know, when he was in Arizona, he looked a little bit, a little bit slow, a little bit lost the first couple of nights. And he kind of just got better and better and better, and that's exactly the kind of thing Speed Weeks can do for you. Uh, we'll see him get to get to see some different tracks and get to see some uh, uh, run night after night. And I think uh, I think he'll probably uh, probably turn some heads down there. And then also Mark Whitener down uh, down the Florida guy. You know, he, he he really probably doesn't get the respect he deserves. He he's won a lot of races in the in the dirt on dirt dirt on dirt era, especially. Um, in all kinds of stuff, you know, he won the big modified showdown at East Bay the other night, and uh, I don't know. I just think he's one of those guys, and he he's he's probably a little underpowered against the the top notch guys. Maybe didn't have the very best equipment, but given the right circumstances, I think he's one to watch too. Track by track, last question: Give me something that interests you. It can be anything. Something that interests you about each Speed Week's track. Go. I'll mostly talk about uh, you know the. 
what the tracks look like and what they're ready for. Like one one thing about Golden Isles that I'm always interested in is is how they come off turn four. Uh, over the years, they kind of played with that moving the guardrail out or or changing the configuration a little bit. Uh, and I'm telling you, the harder it is to get off four where they can't make that sweeping turn, the better racing is there. Uh, when they can sweep too far off the turn, it makes it very difficult to pass there. So, so that's one thing to look at right when you get to Golden Miles. Um, in North Florida, you know, it's it's not that track. Not a lot. It's not not, not a lot to look at. But to be honest, you're worried about the sandy surface, and it looks kind of lightly banked. But it's one of those tracks where the banking is a little deceptive. It really does allow for an outside groove and an inside groove, and you can see some side by side racing there. Uh, and again, Whitener had a, had a big race down there a couple of years ago where they ran side by side for for many laps. Um, East Bay. You know, one thing I would dearly love to see these days, and I think the racing has been good there in recent years, but it seems like that outside group, like getting into turn one, uh, coming off turn two, and then kind of in turn four as well, it's just hard for those guys to kind of keep that momentum up. There's kind of a shelf there or something where they slide off a little bit, and and, and I'm telling you, if you see the high groove come in at East Bay, that that makes that track. You know, if it's already 80%, that turns it up to 100. I mean, it's really fun to watch. Um, scrubbing, uh, the thing that strikes me about this, and uh, you know, I kind of thought about this, and then I went back and looked at the video of, uh, of last year's race, and it's that turn three that guys, guys are all the time diving in somebody, inside somebody in turn three. I think that, that seems like the place to make the move, or somebody, if a leader, or somebody's not being aggressive enough getting into turn three, they gotta watch out because somebody will jump under them there. Um, Ocala, everybody knows that that's such a funny shaped track and everything. And it really, if you've been there, if you've gone down there for the first time, make sure and watch hot, watch hot laps and watch the watch the drivers who haven't been there before in turn one and four be completely surprised <laughs> at, at how sharp those turns are. Uh, and, and likewise on the backstretch, that long backstretch, you know, I think drivers, some drivers are, are tending to like start slowing down. You really can't slow down. No, right. You've got to stay in it all the way in until you're kind of setting yourself up for turn four. So that's fun to watch, too. Uh, and then Volusia, I just think uh, uh, the speeds, and we talked about that a lot. Uh, and, and, you know, I think when I first went down there and would look at the track, it didn't strike me as, like, some big, fast track. But, boy, the one I remember standing inside the, the backstretch there at that exit, especially during hot laps when the track was hooked up, and watch those cars go by, and you're like, oh, my. I mean, it's one of the fastest places I've ever seen a late model go, so that's always fun to do. I could not give a better description for any place. And, by the way, Todd didn't know what video necessarily we were going to roll, and Todd was literally in sync with the video that we were rolling. Bit by bit, Lanigan and Whitener, he was calling it all. Todd, excellent work as always. Speed Weeks is here, and so is our extended DirtOnDirt.com coverage. It all starts Friday at Gold Miles. Thanks, buddy. We appreciate it. Take turn on that midnight train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll get him to sing before the show's over. Thanks, Todd. Thanks. Hit us up on Twitter. I want to know who do you think is going to be a surprise at Speed Weeks? Who's going to be a disappointment? I want to know. At Dirt on Dirt, hashtag Late Model Live. Send us your questions. I want to know, Twitterverse, good, bad, ugly Speed Weeks. Let's talk about it. We're going to take a break. You're watching Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live.
Marie up there is just uh, is a great person to talk to. They're always real easy. Uh, you need something, they get it right out. And uh, I just my program wouldn't be nearly where it's at without support like FK Rod ends. Everything on our cars, you know, the best in the business, and they're on there for a reason. And we just have such you know good relationships with Maria and them there, and and their products, you know, the best in the business, and that's why we run them. Dependability is the key with Andy's stuff. His stuff, you know, when we get it, we have to do very little to it. You know, I think the results speak for themselves with Andy's engines. Brand new Andy Durham power plant under the hood of the best performance. Number one, Josh Richards wins the Lucas Oil Late Monitor Series Championship, Dirt Track World Championship in the same night. Here comes Shepard! The champ is here! Brandon Shepard wins tonight in Charlotte. Turn, we showed this in early January, but I wanted to circle back to it. It's the final. When I say final, I mean preseason final. Full-time rosters for both Lucas Oil and World of Outlaws. Look at this Lucas Oil list. 17 guys on this list right now, starting with Josh Richards and capped with uh, Ryan King in that Warrior car. Everybody from Owens and O'Neill Lanigan to the Kyle Bronsons, Boom Briggs, Mason Ziegler attacking the rookie chase, McIntosh and Ryan King. 17 guys right now on this Lucas roster. Let's go to the outlaw side as well. Let's add one. There's 18 guys on this list, including one, two, three, four, at least six, seven rookie candidates. Eight. Turn eight. Eight, eight rookie candidates. Colt Flinter, Millwood, Larson, Brazil, uh, Ferguson. It's just unreal this year, the guys that have – now, of course, will they all do it? I don't know. 
But right now, these are the folks saying they are committed to both of these national tours. That's one thing we're going to talk about more and more in the show. Let's answer those Twitter questions right now, if we can. Who will surprise us in Speed Weeks? Who may disappoint us during Speed Weeks? Turn, toss that first one up there. There's the question. There's the question. Who will surprise at hashtag Speed Weeks? I like what we're doing there. Uh, Tweet your thoughts. What are the thoughts, Turn? Matt says, World of Outlaw Wise, he thinks Devin Moran. I don't know that Devin Moran will be a surprise. I know last year wasn't as good of a season as he had wanted. Lucas Wise, Mason Ziegler. He thinks Mason Ziegler, former East Bay winner, will have a good rookie campaign on Lucas Oil. Who else? We've got, I like the peach, GB Peach. Chris Madden will leave Florida with the World of Outlaws point lead and Barry Wright race cars turned around. That is what is oh known my. as a, that's what's known as a hot take turn. I guess. That's what's known as like Stephen A. Smith is on the show right now. That's a hot take. He thinks Madden leaves with the points lead. I think we got one more at least. Matt Dooley says he's hoping Donald McIntosh will get it done in that 007 chassis. Yeah, we're going to talk to Donald about that at Gold Miles, that 007 homemade chassis in essence that McIntosh will be running for the Lucas Oil Tour this year. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff. It's just there's a lot happening uh, Speed Weeks, and I'll get to some more tweets and phone calls later. But it is here, hot off the presses, offending Dirt Late Model Nation all over the country. Our very first JRI Shocks Top 25 poll of the season, our preseason poll. Here we go, turn. Let moms around America begin yelling at me. <clears throat> We've got Brandon Shepard, no surprise, almost a unanimous number one with nine first-place votes. Jonathan Davenport did get one first, but that surprised me. I voted Brandon number one. It surprised me that J.D. got one vote. Shepard Richards, Bloomquist, Marler. So you go outlaw, Lucas, Lucas, outlaw, Lucas, outlaw, Lucas, 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 Lucas. So a little, few more Lucas guys, but it's kind of mixed up with some outlaw guys there, Lucas guys, in the top ten. Uh, Brandon, number one, 11 through 20 turn. What do we got? Uh, Madden, Lanigan, McDowell, Clinton, Hudson O'Neill. Devin Moran, Herb Jr., Chris Simpson, Rick Eckert, and Earl Pearson Jr. No real surprises there in 11 through 20. Here's where I like, though. 21 through 25, Tyler Herb, fresh off that Australian performance. Uh, 21st, Brian Shirley, paired with G.R. Smith this year. Billy Moyer, guy hasn't raced this year. <clears throat> we have no idea how much he's going to race this year. That's how much damn respect Billy Moyer gets. He is ranked 23rd. Hey, turn, roll back real quick to 11 through 20. As Carpenter and Satterley round out the top 25. Okay, Shane Clanton tied for 13th with Dale McDowell. We got Clanton waiting on hold. I don't want to talk to him yet, Shane, but he's not happy, turn. Not happy. No. He's not happy about this 13th ranking. Meanwhile, Jimmy Owens was in the top 10. He's a little more happy. Go back again, 21 through 25. Others receiving votes. Ricky Weiss, Cade Dillard, Dodd Shaw all had great Arizonas. Rusty Schlank looking to run a World of Outlaws rookie. And a whole host of others that guys think could be in that 25th spot. If there is one poll that people hate the most, it's the preseason poll. God, people hate the preseason poll. <laughs> Anyway, we've been touching on those national tours over and over again tonight. And let's face it, this is a big storyline as we head into the season. So for our driver previews for Speed Weeks, let's pick a driver from each. Start on the Lucas Oil side, three-time Lucas Oil Series champion Jimmy Owens joins me now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline. Jimmy, I got a really simple question for you to start. Speed Weeks, Jimmy Owens, what do you love about Speed Weeks? Well, you just get to come fresh out of the box there, and you get to 
get a dose of what everybody's going to do. And <laughs> I mean, it's just week, it's week out of week race, and it's just back to back to back to back against the best guys in the country. It's fun to do. There it is, turn. But he's like he's doing a sales pitch. Best drivers in the country, weekend, night after night. You know, I keep talking about this Lucas bunch, Jimmy. <laughs> It's no secret this Lucas Bunch is loaded this year. When you look at that roster, honest assessment, what do you see when you look at it? I'm going to tell you, I've been so busy through the daggone winter, I don't even know who's on it anyway. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter who's there, you got to outrun them all, baby. Do you believe that, Turn? Do you really believe, Turn, that Jimmy Owens does not know who's running Lucas this year? I'm sure he has an idea. He has I an mean. idea. That Mike Hayes, his T-shirt guy, knows. I know that. Let me ask you this, Jimmy: Is there such a thing as too uh, much? Is there such a thing as too much talent on a roster? Because somebody's got to finish 13th every night. Can you have too many good guys? Uh, you know, I, I guess you. Yeah, I guess you could. But I, you know, if you're going to be the best, you got to beat the best. This is you can't ever bait Jimmy Owens into a controversial answer turn. He's so good at it. He's just so good at it. I keep beating the drum over and over, and I said it at the beginning of the show, you're my guy this year, 20. I keep earmarking you for a big season, a championship-caliber season. I think you're going to contend for the Lucas Oil Championship. I'm confident in you. I know you and your team are confident, but why? Why is this the season for this team to really kind of bounce back? Why do you think that confidence, you've got it, I've got it, what is it about this year that makes you feel so good? It's just good to get into the season this year with Ramirez Motorsports again and, and have our ducks in a row. I mean, you know, our engine program's on on kill, and, and then just, you know, everything got to clicking toward the end of the year there last year. And, you know, just sponsors and crew and everybody just got an upbeat about the start of the season, so. It just—I mean—we're just all excited to get after it. Yeah, and that's what I think too—is consistency for you. Finally, there's no, there was no uh, turmoil in the off season. You know what I mean? I think it's just consistency for you this year, and I think that. Last couple things, Jimmy. I want to get the best thing about each track that you go to. Let's start with Gold Miles. Best thing about Gold Miles? Best thing about Gold Miles? What is it? Hmm, let me ponder on this one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's fast, and I like going fast. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Best best thing about East Bay? Best thing about East Bay is you don't have got to have a big motor. Uh, you know, you, you can't never tell who's going to win at this place. So, you know, big motors, little motors. Uh, it's just it's just a real driver friendly track, and and look to see different people in victory lane that you don't ever see. That's a great answer. Best thing about Ocala. Best thing about Bubba's place. Oh, man. You you want me to answer that one besides leaving. <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> That's a good place. We're just not very good there. It's a good racetrack, and... Uh, you know, plenty of last lap excitement, I guess, is what we had last year. I was going to say, I mean, things have come down to the last lap. I think if you were in those last lap passes, you'd like it a little more, is what I think. So, uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd definitely make it a whole lot better. Okay. <laughs> uh, and finally, best thing about Volusia? Volusia is another another high-speed track, and it's one track I don't think I've ever got a late model victory at. So I think we're really, really really just determined to get there this year. Yeah, that's what I think, too. And I think I picked you earlier in, in Fast Talk. You're going to win one at Volusia this year. I said it. He's going to win one. Jimmy Owens, I think, will be contending for a Lucas Oil Championship all year long. Jimmy, thanks a lot, buddy. I really appreciate it. We'll see you Friday at Gold Miles, okay? Thank you, guys, for having me. All right. From the Lucas side to the Outlaw side, it's 2015 Series Champion Shane Clanton. Shane, similar way that I started with Jimmy, 
your roster got a, uh, a talent upgrade this year on the Outlaws. And it was already pretty good, but Marler, Overton, the middle guys like Shirley, Moyer Jr., all those guys. When you look, Shane, at that Outlaws roster this year, what do you see? Uh, a lot of new faces, for one. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if uh, they know what it takes to go out on the road, and that, that's a big part of just having – when I went on the road for the first time in 2004, I didn't know what to expect. It's uh, it's life-changing, that's for sure. And if they're willing to do it and, and take that step forward, it's, 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 the rewards at the end is pretty good as long as you have some success. What makes Speed Weeks great? Why does Shane Clanton like Speed Weeks? I uh, just, I guess, because you set all winter long and you get to go race for day after day after day. Uh, all of us want to race, but you get to feel real early in the season. It it can either make the season where it's, where it's just grueling, or you can come out there like I did in '15, where heck, I'm on top of the world. It don't matter. It's a, uh, it's it, it, everything after that was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that year I think it started It started and ended good for you in 2015. That, that high note never stopped. You know, Mike Marler said to me last year, Lucas, you know, some people may think Lucas has a deeper roster, but the Outlaws Championship, Mikey said, is harder to win because you have to beat the blue one car. Is that true, do you think? And just how hard is Mark's bunch to knock off? Oh, he, he proved it. it's hard to knock off, but... We did it in 15, and right. we're planning on doing it again this year. I uh, like that. We built a new race car, all new, and hopefully it's just, the, the one test that we've done with so far seems to be pretty good. So hopefully we can go out and just wear them out the first two weeks in Florida and, and make them all scratch their head a little bit more and go test them some more and, and get them behind the eight ball and, and just wear them out like we did in 15. T- Turn, I'm going to skip ahead one question here, so you've got it. I, I want to talk on that new car real second. There are some grumblings about this new Capital car and how good it's going to be. I know you can't give us a lot, but are you excited about this brand-new Capital race car? I, I think I'm as excited as I've ever been to start <laughs> the season. Uh, what it showed the other day testing, it seems to be pretty good. So hopefully uh, we've done our homework and and changed some stuff and, and built a new race car, and hopefully it's as good as we plan on it to be. You will be at Gold Niles, you'll be at Screven, you'll be at Volusia. Give me something quick on each track, kind of like Jimmy did. Just kind of generally your Gold Niles thoughts. Let's start with Gold Niles. Uh, I used to like it when it was a big race track, I can tell you that. I don't know if it The way they made it a circle now, uh, I ain't so sure, but uh, Screven, I can't wait to get there. We normally run good and up until last year, we won an event or run packet every year, I think. So we're looking forward to getting to back to Red's place. And then, of course, I can't wait to get the pollution and mash the gas. It's, uh, <laughs> it's one of the places you better be on your game and, and have a good motor for sure. And, and our motor program has picked up a little bit this year, so I hope it shows the, to prove itself. My favorite thing that I wanted to talk to you about before I hopped off the line is we are doing something 100%. We're doing it this year. I'm recording it at Speed Weeks with you. We are going to start a segment next year where Shane Clanton looks into the camera and he says, if they'd listen to me, and then every couple of weeks or twice a month, we're going to have some Shane Clantonism where you tell us if they'd listen to me. Give me one thing, Shane, if they'd listen to me to start the season. One thing we need to do as a sport. Uh, quit making some rules. Okay. You can't enforce the rules you got. How can you make new ones? So it, this will start. If they listen to me, quit making so many rules. That's how that would go, right? Exactly. <laughs> Turn. I'm as excited all, all about doing this. Is costing everybody more money. 
All right. Well, you'll be able to say these things in the segment this year. But you got to be. I need you to be animated. Can you be animated for me? I, well, <laughs> I, I'm sure I can't be on camera. <laughs> I'm going to cue up that old video. I'll of throw you. my arms at you and everything else. I'm going to cue up that video of you yelling at Tim Chrisman in the infield at the Firecracker. There 100. you go. <laughs> Shane Clan, good luck this weekend at Gold Niles, man. I'm excited to see this new capital car. Good luck, buddy. We're going to step away for another break. When we come back, it's Turn's turn. It's a delicious Turn's turn. Turn, can I say that? Yes. And we are hearing from you, the callers. You are watching Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. We'll be back after this. has franchised for Ford, Kia, Chevy, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. We cover heavy-duty hauling or vehicles for the driving enthusiast. At any Mark Martin location, you'll find a large selection, variety, and great prices. MarkMartinAutomotive.com gives you 24-hour access to every location. Browse inventory, apply for credit, and schedule your delivery. We can arrange for delivery anywhere in the U.S. or pick you up at an airport. Give us a chance to earn your business, and you'll see why everyone wins at Mark Martin. Josh Richards wins the Lucas Oil Late Monitor Series Championship. Perfect World Championship in the same night. Here comes Shepard. The champ is here. Brandon Shepard wins tonight in Charlotte. by champions. Blomquist wins the dirt late monitoring. Stronger, lighter, and safer drive shafts than steel and aluminum. Extremely durable for worry-free performance. Proven in countless major events and crown jewel wins. Made in-house for late models, crates, and modifieds right here in the USA. Drive shafts, rod ends, ball joints, and shocks. QA1 does it all, and they do it well. Visit QA1.net. No tricks, no gimmicks, only the best products and services by dirt track racers 
four dirt track racers. The performance body's difference. It's not just that the performance staff are racers, but customers from coast to coast take advantage of the free tech support they offer every day, something no one else in the industry can provide. And while the competition may tell you one thing and give you another, performance does exactly what they say they will. From our world-class same-day shipping under any circumstance to the quality of products, there is no mystery, and that's the performance body's difference. And now here comes Jonathan Davenport on the inside, slides up in front of Josh Richards, the old slide job, and Richards can't get back to the bottom yet. Now he does, side by side. It's all Jonathan Davenport. Of Ryan King, Richards for the lead. It's still Davenport by a car length, 46 laps scored. Davenport couldn't keep that car on the bottom. Look at this, Josh wow. Richards slips by. Richards back to the front. Here comes Davenport back on the inside to try to get that spot. Billy Moyer Jr. right there, the slower car on the inside. Steve Francis could have something to say about the outcome of this race. Here they are, almost side by side. Davenport giving it his all. Superman trying to catch the rocket man. Oh, 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 Davenport goes around. Oh, Richards wins. No, it's not over. It's actually overturned. <laughs> it was over. <laughs> like I said earlier, when it happens in February, it just matters more. That's a few years ago at Speed Weeks with J.D. and Josh. More eyeballs, more intensity. No other racing in the world competing against you at this time. It all just matters a little more during February. That was another one of those Speed Weeks moments we talked about before. Speaking of mattering more, it's time for a yummy edition of Turns Turn. <laughs> Turn this is that. I am ready. Let's go. That's going to get gift somewhere, I'm sure. If Ross Weiss has anything to do with it, or gift or whatever the hell it is. Go, yes. So, again, delicious topic. Back to my roots. You know, at the beginning of the year, I like to go back to my roots of turns, turn. And, uh, you know, this year I'm going to spend two weeks at Volusia, the first week there for the sprint cars for uh, the World of Outlaws sprint car series, and then the next week with Volusia. And uh, my New Year's resolution to lose a little a little weight is probably not going to go so well because uh, the ice cream stand at Volusia. Have you ever had an ice cream cone from Volusia? Yeah, I have had one ice cream cone, believe it or not, in ten years. I try to turn. You got to keep to keep this girlish figure. You can't be eating ice cream all I the mean, day. But it is really good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm the guy. I, I don't care about my girlish girlish figure. So uh, <laughs> anyway, there's a phenomena. It is that, a phenomena. Uh, yeah. That you know, everybody they clear the pits at Volusia, and everybody moves out of the pits and they go to the ice cream stand. Well, well the ice cream stand is right at yes. the pit. This is embarrassing. <laughs> Look at all these people turn. We've got uh, uh, Tyler. Tyler, yes, thank you. And Chubzilla enjoying some ice cream. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Eric Grigsby enjoying some ice cream yes, as well. New, uh, new uh, race director, the uh, old race director, yeah, the, the old yeah. series director, Tim Christmas. Uh, A guy we just talked to, Shane Clanton, he, he enjoys his ice cream. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, random Clanton crew members. Yes. Uh, Now, my question is, turn as you continue scrolling through these photos of all these people eating these ice cream, do you have a favorite ice cream for the people at Volusia that they need to be having? Um, You know, 
I know I would be uh, Ross Weiss definitely suggests the cookie dough. Oh, that he is loves, his yes, that is his yes. favorite. Uh, I'm a cookies and cream oh, type okay, of guy. Okay, a little Oreo. And uh, yeah. you know, Will Gigas last year he told me that the milkshakes there are actually quite good as well. So I mean, you have all kinds of options and all kinds of calorie <laughs> options to to go check out there at uh, Volusia. Suave will be doing Suave on the street during Volusia the entire week, by the way. And one of the things he will be doing is waiting outside the ice cream gate for when the folks come through. So be prepared for that swab on the street. He'll be at the big track at Daytona. He'll be doing all sorts of stuff at Volusia. So keep your eyes locked. A gator hunt he's doing at Volusia also. Uh, So I'm excited about that. I wanted to take some phone calls tonight in the same vein of our Twitter question. Who's going to surprise? Who's going to disappoint? A couple of callers parked on the line. But first, we got a surprise call turn. Oh, my. One, not only did I not expect... Uh, that I had to take, but two, I have literally no idea where the hell this person, well, I know where he, I don't know where he is. I don't know where he is. I don't know what time it is. I don't know what day it is. I don't know anything. I just know that Webb Dillard is in Australia somewhere, has covered racing for us, is still in Australia, may never come home. Uh, First and foremost, Webb, where are you? What day is it? What time is it? It's Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central here. Where the hell is it and what time the hell is it where you're at? I am in uh, Sedunia, Southern Australia. It's uh, just east of the Great Australian Bight, which if you look at Australia, the bottom of it looks like it has a huge bight taken from it. We got to go there yesterday. Oh, my gosh. You know me and the ocean, how we get along. And I had just almost a religious experience (laughs) at the bight. It's like cliffs of – how how tall are cliffs? About 100 (laughs) meters tall. And no, no, no! Hey, this isn't amazing. meters. You're at, this is Amer- an American show. No meters nonsense. All right, I need feet from whoever that Australian was. All right. Well, you're you have to go to Google for that. <laughs> Webb, you've had a great time down there. But really, what what time? It, it's it's Wednesday there, right? It, it is Wednesday at twelve uh, twenty. 8 p.m. It's lunchtime here. It's just total nonsense. I don't understand how that works. But Wednesday at 1220, Webb, you and I have talked a little bit this week. One thing that's cool that I think you've talked about is there's a strong late model culture in Australia, isn't it? Just touch on that a little bit, that these people friggin' love late model racing, and you've found that out the last couple weeks, haven't you? It it is absolutely amazing. It's almost a freshness. I mean, you know, we... Over, I mean, we've been, I've been with you since 09, the 2010 season, and, and we talk about sometimes how we, you know, towards the end of the season, we just get kind of wound down, right. and it's like, you know, we got to do this, we got to do that. But when you come down here, they are just so ferocious and passionate with it. It's almost, it just rejuvenates you um, to, do your, to, do, to do what we do, you know, and they're so appreciative. They talk about suave, they talk about <laughs> turn, they talk about dirt on dirt. I mean, that's really the culmination for them over the 20-year the history is the fact that we have dirt on dirt in country and covering races. Well, I heard Suave. I heard Turn. I heard, no, They don't talk about the host of Late Model Live, Michael Rigsby, only Suave and Turn and Webb? No no MFR love here? Well, I mean, what? But, but they do talk about Amber. But they, yeah, they, they don't know who Michael <laughs> No, yeah, they, they do. They, 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 uh, everybody, they read Todd Turner stuff. They love Co- uh, Kevin Kovac stuff. Um, they hang on every word, and they were sending me um, pictures on Facebook of when you guys hit, we hit dirt wire, cool. uh, or, or when the when it came up, they would say they would send me a picture and say, "Thanks, Web. You know, tell everybody during dirt, thank you so much." That's so, I mean, awesome. it's just a 
it's just real neat, neat environment. Yeah, it just seems like I've been trying to get there for years, um, and it just seems so cool. And now you're making the cross-country t- trip web. You were supposed to come home. You're still there. You covered the American invasion. But now I think it's uh, national championship. You correct me if I'm wrong, but you're still down there, and you're driving cross-country to that event. Australia's huge. People don't realize. Explain why you're still down there. Okay, so um, it kind of got brought up to me maybe two or three days before I, I was supposed to leave, which was uh, the 24th, and um you know, it's a, it's it's in flux. You know, and you don't want to um, you don't want to like overstep any bounds or or you're welcome. And so at the last minute, I get a call from Simon McNabb, and he's like, "Don't get on your plane." I mean, literally three hours from taking off on an international flight, he says, "Don't get on your plane. You have more Australia to see." So it's, oh, geez. I do know the uh, yeah. So oh, you know that's right in my alley. I'm, I'm yes. spontaneous, so I. I my wife, not so much. Anyway. <laughs> She's Brandy's less than thrilled about this endeavor, but we'll worry about yeah. that later. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it. So 1,660 miles from Perth to Adelaide, and it's called the Nullable. And it's, it's, it's just it's pure Australian outback, and then it's pure Australian coastline. And it's, to me, it's just been uh, – I had to do it. I, they, they were talking about flying me, and I was like, hell no, I want to ride with the, uh, with the race cars over. I'll ride with the truck drive. I even got to drive. I drove the 90-mile stretch. It's the straightest road in the southern hemisphere, I believe. And so they put me behind the wheel of this big rig, and so I got to check off my Mad Max fantasies, you know, <laughs> driving through. I didn't mow anybody down, but <laughs> kind of cool to drive a big rig over here. Uh, last thing, Webb, is the, the national, the, the, the big race, the finale or whatever, it's coming up. It's next week. Tell us when it is, and we will also have Dirt on Dirt coverage of the finale down there, correct? True. It's, uh, oh, it's 45 cars representing um, most of Australia. I think the only um, part of Australia not represented there is the uh, uh, Northern Territory. So it's every state in Australia, plus the one American of Jeff Roth. It's 45 cars. It starts tomorrow is practice, our tomorrow. I'm not sure tomorrow, but our tomorrow is practice. Even, I don't Friday even know what tomorrow is, is turn. <laughs> <laughs> so preliminary heats on Friday. There's two rounds. They invert the second round. Two Typically two 20-lot features on the, on the first night. Second night is a round of uh, one round of um, heats, and then there's a 35-lot uh, feature to determine the Australian national champion, and they do a really cool thing, much like uh, motocross. They get to win the right to to run the number one, the AS, the okay. AUS number one for the entire next season. I think that's a cool tradition to have that you bring it back to your part of the country. And like you said, this country, I mean, it's every bit as big as the United States, and so it's a really neat deal. Webb, we've enjoyed the coverage. I've loved the shark diving, the cliff diving, the all sorts of other di- every other piece of diving that you've done, the skydiving, the helicopter diving. Uh, we're all very envious, and you've done a great job covering everything down there. I, I hope uh, that this can become permanent content. I would love to have it every single year. The numbers have been excellent. The views have been high on it. Uh, I just want to tell you, good job down there. And uh, next year we're sending Turn down with you, but Turn only eats chicken nuggets. So is that going to be a problem down there, or what, how do we, what do we do for that? Uh... Actually, he'll have to have tripe with me. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, I've been to Australia. So. That's right. Turns been to Australia. That's, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's right. Hey, uh, who are you with? You with Voss Virgin right now, or who are you with? I'm with um, Brian Litchfield. Okay. He's a, he's a car owner, but his car's not coming. But uh, Brian Litchfield is. Uh, uh, me and him have been just tearing up the countryside, and I, I've been I've been throwing my southern dialect at him, and he's been throwing <laughs> his Aussie dialect at me, and I think we both learned to just nod uh, politely <laughs> half the time. All right, buddy. Drive safe the rest of the way, and thanks for everything down there, okay? All right. Yeah, you guys pay attention. This stuff is real good down here. All right. Thanks, Webb. Appreciate it, buddy.
There it is, turn from some other time zone, from from some other place. I, Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday, who knows what day it is. Uh, quick, I want to get one caller on the line. We've got Scott from Nebraska on the line. Uh, Scott McBride, I believe, turn. One of those fans you see all the time on Twitter and Facebook and everything. Scott, all right, lay it on me. Who surprises you at Speed Weeks? Who's disappointing you at Speed Weeks? Give me the Scott McBride take on Speed Weeks. Well, I think, I'm going to go off the radar here. I think I'm going to go with the... Uh, Donald McIntosh. Okay. Surprise some people. Okay. Uh, you know he's, he's coming out with that homemade 007 chassis, and and at 311 he he looked the part. You know, winning that race down there. Right. So you know, as far as you know, he might he might come out of Speed Week without a win or a top five, but when they roll out of Bubba's. You know, he might be in that six, seven, eight, nine range. So let's be clear on this, Scott, because I know your Twitter handle. You are saying McIntosh six, seventh, eighth in Lucas points after Bubba's. That's what you're saying. I'm saying it, it, it wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, turn. You've heard that. I'm writing that down right here. Six, seventh, or eighth. I'm on McBride for that. Now, who's going to disappoint? You got McIntosh as your surprise. Who's your disappointment? Well, <laughs> I think I think the forty-nine car will be a little disappointing coming out of Speed Week. Okay, why? Well, you know, they've been dubbed this dream team for, you know, since they announced the team back in November, and it just seems like they might just struggle a tick out of the box. Now, and keep in mind, though, when they won, when they won on that chair in 2015, they, they weren't real hot at Speed Week. That's true. That's After true. Speed Week, they got rolling and knocked off however many crown jewels it was. So I'm going to put your feet to the fire here, Scott. Who's better in points after Speed Weeks, McIntosh or Davenport? Call it right now. Who's higher in points? I want to say, I want to say, I want to say Davenport will be fifth, just just ahead of you know McIntosh. They'll be they'll both be in that mid range area from fifth to sixth, seventh, eighth, or ninth. But Davenport will be ahead, but. It'll look like Davenport has struggled because the expectations are so high. Scott, this would be turn. This would be Scott McBride is going to look like a genius if this comes <laughs> to fruition. I don't know a lot yeah. of people predicting this. He is going to look like a genius. Scott, you going to get to any Speed Weeks races this year? Or are you stuck in snowy Nebraska? Oh, I'm stuck in snowy Nebraska. <laughs> you know, 50 degrees one day and negative 10 the next day. Oh, so. I understand that. We're in Illinois. All right, thanks for calling in tonight, buddy. I really appreciate it. You've, you've provided us with a hot take. We're going we're gonna to check you out during Speed Weeks, okay? <laughs> All right. All right, thanks, th- thanks, Scott. Final commercial break. We will be back with Suave's Lock of the Week after this. And I got a whole boatload of notes, people. <laughs> Macintosh ahead of J.D., now that is a hot take. Note section jam coming up. Let's take another commercial break.
Marie up there is just uh, is a great person to talk to. They're always real easy. Uh, you need something, they get it right out. And uh, I just my program wouldn't be nearly where it's at without support like FK Rod ends. Everything on our car is, you know, the best in the business, and they're on there for a reason. And we just have such, you know, good relationships with Maria and them there, and and their products, you know, the best in the business, and that's why we run them. Dependability is the key with Andy's stuff. His stuff, you know, when we get it, we have to do very little to it. You know, I think the results speak for themselves with Andy's engines. Brand new Andy Durham power plant under the hood of the best performance number one. Josh Richards wins the Lucas Oil Late Monitor Series Championship. Dirt Track World Championship in the same night. Here comes Shepard. The champ is here. Brandon Shepard wins tonight in Charlotte. Other than Bloomquist with that flowing hair, this is the most iconic picture in late model racing history to me. Charlie Swartz at Volusia in 1980. He disagreed with the officials after they allegedly changed the rule in the driver's meeting. Charlie was leading, got taken out by Jack Boggs and put to the tail. He disagreed with the assessment. And it, this is him protesting on top of the car. Turn, look at the guy in the cowboy hat. It's like, a, it. it's like a movie set. Would you fight Charlie Swartz in this moment, Turn, He's holding... I don't know if it's a jack handle or the drive shaft. I don't know what it is. I'm, I know it's not the drive shaft, but I, I, I turn. Would you fight him at this no, point? Not a chance. That's the best part. Is I had a guy on Twitter today say, "I think that's his drive shaft." I'm like, I doubt <laughs> it came out. He grabbed it. It's piping hot. It's a little thicker than that. Uh, but anyway, I, I, that's that is an iconic photo. Other than Bloomquist with the flowing hair, uh, doesn't get much better than that. Speed Weeks 1980. We'll swave it into Arizona with what he thought, at least at least he thought, was an easy pick. He said, "No one." will win the bonus. But he had to be sweating it a little bit when Ricky Weiss and Don Shaw, not Shepard or Marler or Pierce, but Weiss and Shaw nearly took him to the limit turn. He was sweating, but nonetheless, he came out on top. Let's see what Derek has in store for Speed Weeks. Swam's Lock of the Week. Turn! Are you nervous yet, buddy? If the season ended today, you, my friend, would be wearing the dress. That's right, I'm 1-0, baby, and the Swab train isn't slowing down anytime soon. Out of two down the back, right away with the line, the crowd's on its feet, Shepard on the outside, and they come at the line, and Shepard, yes! This weekend, I'm taking my talents to Speed Weeks, where I'll be making three locks. The first lock is an easy one. Jonathan Davenport will win at least one night at Golden Isles. Heck, he's been testing there for the last month. Secondly, Brandon Shepard will leave Speed Weeks with the World of Outlaw points lead, and he'll never look back. And finally, it seems like it's been forever that Scott Bloomquist hasn't won a race at Speed Weeks. Not only will he win one race, the Dirt Tracks Dominator will win at least two times while in Georgia and Florida. Three predictions, three locks for your boy D-Swab. And I'm looking to continue my hot streak here in 2018. And that's Swab's lock of the week. He's 1-0 turn. He's 1-0. We don't know how the bet. By the way, we don't know the bet yet. We don't know. Last year, of course, was the dress. Derek comes out, leopard print. Looks all good. Iconic moment. But if the season ended today, turn, you'd be the loser. I know. If the season ended you and ended today, you'd be the loser. 
Uh, but we'll see. Do you have any idea on the bet? Derek threw out a butt tattoo. Uh, I mean, the reveal at Gateway would not be good. <laughs> That's all I can say uh, about that. Turn exposing his naked booty with a Well, you're assuming I'm going to lose. Uh, fair, fair. That's fair. <laughs> Actually, I think Cody would get to say, get like an archway, or I get a DOD logo, yeah, or we get, we get something like that. <laughs> all right. Special, uh, special Speed Weeks edition of Five to Go. Here we go. Number five, Boyd Speedway was supposed to have their cabin fever race this past Saturday. It rained out, and they wasted no time rescheduling. It's now this Saturday, 3,000 to win. So not only is the Lucas Oil schedule kicking off in Georgia this weekend, but we've got the bonus of Boyd's as well. That field was pretty good, too. You had Huddy, you had Riley Hickman, you had Billy Ogle and five, Ronnie Johnson. Obviously, some of them won't be back with a Lucas race, but I still expect it to be good. I'll go Riley Hickman for the win. Number four, let's give North Florida some love. The sometimes forgotten Speed Weeks track will host its 5,000 win show for the sixth scheduled year. They got rained out one year. A Sunday afternoon UMP tilt. The funny thing about this race is you literally never know who's going to be there. My list right now is only nine guys, but we know every year they'll have 15 and 16. You walk through the pits at Gold Mile Saturday and like five guys be like, hey Rigsby, I'm going to Lake City tomorrow. Add me to the list. I think Turbo rides his Australian hot streak into back-to-back Lake City wins, Tyler Erb wins on Sunday. Number three, I mentioned it a few weeks ago, but wanted to hit it again. The Neesmith Crate Races at Bubba Raceway Park that are normally before Speed Weeks, like right now, are now after, literally all the way at the end of Speed Weeks, post-Daytona 500. February 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, 2000, 2000, and 10,000 to win the finale. It'll be interesting to see who sticks around as far as super guys go. Most guys chomping at the bit to get home after Volusia is over. I still think you'll have a good crate contingent, but simply a reminder, Bubba's Neesmith stuff is the week after Volusia is over. Number two, the Saturday finale at Volusia, not the only race in America that night, as things start to pick up elsewhere. Bob Harris's Winchester Raceway Park in Tennessee has a 3,000 win February 17th. Bob's making a lot of improvements at that track, and it can be really racy. I like the Dome Hero 29. Jason Welsh and Scott Who for the win. And number one, we won't have a show before this race, so I wanted to give it another a piece of love, another Tennessee track, that is Volunteer Speedway, Bulls Gap, February 24th, 3,500 to win an Ironman race. For my money, Mitch McCarter should be on the short list for best promoters the past few years for his turnaround at the Gap. If you need a post-Speed Weeks racing fill, you can get it at Volunteer on February 24th. Speaking of racing fill turn, our on-demand coverage, uh, remember, we were built on on-demand long before we were doing live, those highlights and interviews. Turn, show them, and talk them through the mountain of on-demand stuff we're about to have. I mean, mountain is maybe a little understating it here. <laughs> uh, Lucas Oil at Golden Isles, Lucas Oil at East Bay, and Lucas Oil at Bubba Raceway Park. We will have highlights, interviews, race days, I believe, if I'm not speaking incorrectly there, on all of those. Correct. Uh, Correct. Speed Weeks Minutes. There you go. Speed Weeks Minutes. Oh, yes, I forgot about yes, that. Yes, yes. UMP at North Florida. Outlaws at Screven and Volusia. And again, that week at Volusia, we are live, we are. live, live. Uh, and then also a couple of unsanctioned races there at Boyd's and Winchester. Yes, and of highlights. course, drive it home again live at Volusia all six nights. It's it, you know, it's all. Listen, I love East Bay, I love Gold Miles, I love Screven, but Volusia is so tied to Daytona. It is cool. It's just got such a big time feel at Daytona and Volusia. We will be live. Our partnership with Brian Dunlap and the awesome dudes at Dirt Vision and Dirt Vision Max. It will be live at Dirt on Dirt. Order your live video. Don't forget to, if you want to watch the sprint car racing, check it out on Dirt Vision Max coming up uh, soon. Turn. 
I mean, where do I even start with my notes this week, buddy? I mean... Notes, notes, Aussie stuff. I want to touch on it again. Uh, what's so cool about those Aussies is how they have a true understanding of American late model racing. And I, I think you get a sense in this Kai Blight interview turn. Play that real quick. You did a fair decent v- uh, Jeep Van Warmer impersonation, didn't you? Yeah, I, uh, what I was saying, it was all good. You know, yeah. we are passing cars, so... Um, look, I just got to say thanks to everyone on this car. You know, Albion Forklifts Industries, Blotz Auto Electric, Saddlers Butchers, um, Oil Race Parts, uh, Bex Transport. You know, everyone's putting a huge effort, um, you know, getting this car going, and uh, we, we really appreciate it. How cool is it? First of all, this car looks like Jeep Van Warmers, but Kai Blight, the, the announcer knows, hey, you look like Jeep at the 06 yeah. World 100. That just <laughs> struck me. I thought that was cool. Hey, Cameron Marler, uh, Mike Marler's brother, he did this, and it was awesome. He put it on his Facebook page, and I told him I'd get to it. They documented their entire trip out west to Arizona where they loved and won the Wild West spe- uh, Shootout Championship at FK Rodden's Arizona Speedway. There they are passing through Arkansas. There they are getting into the Plains states with the cotton there. You see that? There they are starting to hit those mountain basin plateaus. Uh, I believe the next one's New Mexico turn, if I remember I right. Them so. rolling yep. into the great state of New Mexico. I thought it was just really cool. Let this roll. Cameron Marler and Mike, that's the cool thing about Arizona. It's just such uncharted territory. Look at that scenery. Look at these beautiful mountains. This is right by the racetrack, by the way. As you roll into Arizona, it is just scenery that you don't see anywhere else. Here they are rolling into FK Rodden's. Hey, there's a Dirt on Dirt live trailer. Like uh, there's it. Kane on top. <laughs> it's just neat to me to see uh, stuff like this and them really embracing the Arizona stuff. A couple of big events that have been announced. $50,000 win uh, fast track finale next year. Virginia Motor Speedway, 50000 to win in 2019. You know uh, Bill Sawyer and that bunch is going to do something big. Bedford, the Keystone Cup this year, 15000 to win September 29th. Uh, Bedford had some Lucas races seven or eight years ago. They're slowly working their way back into the major late model scene. I thought that was cool. Uh, some Speed Weeks quickies here. Car counts to me, going to be right at or slightly up where we've been. My lists right now have 46 at Screven, 48 at Volusia as the high marks, and the rest falling right in line. East Bay right around 40. Bubba's right around 30 to 35. North Florida, that 15 to 20 range. Everything about in uh, holding on car counts. Uh, I had some questions about some World of Outlaw rules stuff. There was some confusion yesterday. I was getting text messages and stuff about some World of Outlaw rules. Uh, full containment seats. Those are mandatory. You don't have to have a 39.2 seat. You don't have to have it. If you do, though, you get a 25-pound weight break, but it's not mandatory. All cars must have intrusion plates. Uh, it's Screvin and Volusia. That's a rule. Get a 10-pound fire bottle. But the weight rule, uh, it's important to know for the World of Outlaws, the weight rule is the same as last year. And, of course, the tire rule can be found on their website. And my final note turn. This one's the most important to me. I am a little uh, tired of the off-season drama right now, the text messages, the phone calls, that this guy's doing this. Can you believe this guy's running this tour? It's time to race. Arizona, is, that's why I always love about Arizona. It's so separate from everything. There's no drama, no politics out there. We need to go racing. We need to get to Gold Niles and start talking about racing. It's time to put all this hype behind us and hit the racetrack on Friday night. And we do that in 72 hours. 72 hours from now, Speed Weeks rolls off at Gold Miles, and we will be there for all of it. Don't forget, full coverage from everything can be seen right here at Dirt on Dirt and six nights of Volusia Live. Turn, you ready? Yeah, 
I'm I'm rocking. Uh, not the ice cream. Hey, oh, by the way, you're going to be oh. Belusha 13 nights <laughs> over under 10 ice creams. Oh, hopefully under my my wallet and my actual gut. Really, you need to go. You need to go under. I'm not buying yeah. that much ice cream. Your wallet. <laughs> I think I'm going to be tapped for it. For the entire staff, Derek Kessinger, Michael Reiners, Todd Turner, the guys that joined us tonight. Thank you. The 11th time, Dirt on Dirt heads to Speed Weeks, baby. Midnight train to Georgia. Let's get it rolling. This was Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. We will see you with the Speed Weeks Minute and Race Day Friday at Gold Miles.